Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. I was, if you can believe it or not, a fairly unruly child. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't break the rules necessarily, but I bent them tirelessly and creatively. And I remember one summer, I was around the age of 11, and I had been tasked with a day job of babysitting my younger brothers. And while this was very nice pocket change, this pocket change also enabled me to walk to the grocery store and buy a teen beat or a tiger beat or a pop magazine or an Archie comic and come home and read. And when I came home and read, the last thing I wanted to do was babysit my brothers. They are all very outdoorsy and they wanted to spend the majority of their days outside riding bicycles and this was fine as I could bring my book outside with me and sit on the stoop and watch them and read. Except, when they made it to a certain point up the road from my house, I lost sight of them. And thanks to this one instance where my little brother went all the way up the street, rode his bike down, smashed into the back of someone's Astro van and concussed himself, I didn't have the luxury of turning a blind eye when they rode up the street. I wanted to keep them contained so that I didn't have to keep putting down my book. So I did what I always did, and I made up a story. On either side of our home, a couple of doors down on each side, there were yards that happened to have matching trees. And these trees had, in a recent thunderstorm, been a bit blown about. They were looking a little wily. And I decided that these roughed up trees had a name. They were called lightning trees. And if a child on foot or on a bicycle was to pass by one of these trees, they would be struck dead by lightning. <laughs> and when I tell you I put on the performance of a lifetime, all it took was one or two appropriately placed screams in the right place, and my brothers never went past the trees. And I spent the entire summer reading my book and watching them out of my periphery. I was brilliant in my mind. The question I have that I've been pondering this week is can we imagine if we had never grown out of the limitlessness of our imaginations? If we grew up in, perhaps, I needed that one, but not grew out of our wild creativity, our childhood embodied and experiential way of understanding the world, our natural knowing of the thinness of certain spaces, the possibility, that unknown, those spaces where time and the divine and our role in all of it just makes sense, our sense of adventure and play our joy, our innate wisdom. I wonder what our sense of dominion, of stewardship, of reverence, of relationship would be if we approached life through the wisdom of our children, through the wisdom of our inner children. 
One of the greatest gifts of a church community in my mind has always been its intergenerational relationships. Whether we are parents or grandparents ourselves, we have an invitation in a place like this to share in the imaginations of, the delight of, the expressions of, the pain of, the joy of all of these children. And as much as we like to think they need us, oh, do we ever need them. It is said in many shamanic societies, if you come to them with an illness to heal, there are some common questions that are asked. When did you stop dancing? When did you stop singing? When did you stop being enchanted by stories? There's a Native American proverb that says, the ones that matter the most are the children. A Chinese proverb says, a truly great person never puts away the simplicity of a child. And another, do not confine your children to your own learning, for they were born in another time. An Iranian proverb declares, a child is a bridge to heaven. An Amish proverb declares, put the swing where the children want it. The grass will grow back. A proverb found in the wisdom book of our scripture that we're working through this summer is this, the righteous walk in integrity. Happy are the children who follow them. The wisdom of children has the ability to heal. How we are in the world, how we want to leave this world, how we experience this world while we have it, it is all for the children, either the ones we were or never had a chance to be, or the ones who are or are to be. The Bible is filled with stories about children being the ones who draw us closer to God, that bring our attention to God. The prophecies of Isaiah claim the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest and they will neither harm nor destroy. The prophet Jeremiah tries to use his age as an excuse telling God he could not possibly be a prophet to the nations because he was only a youth. And guess what God did? Sent him anyway. Jesus over and over declares that the kingdom of God belongs to the children. On one occasion, as we heard Anne just read, Jesus was healing people in the temple and the children who were witnessing this were shouting with joy, Hosanna, and they were rebuked by the priests. I remember listening to a choir anthem in a church service once and a little girl, no more than three, got up and started dancing in the aisle, and it was beautiful. It made the anthem, no offense to the choir, it wasn't this choir. <laughs> and after the service, the mother of the child and the director of the choir were angrily approached 
by a congregant for not keeping the girl in her seat. If we cannot receive the disruptively embodied joy of a child, how do we expect to receive the disruptive joy of the Holy Spirit? Jesus responds to the priests from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. God is speaking through the children. Let there be joy in them and in ourselves for all of those times that we have been told we were too much or too loud or too rambunctious or too in our imaginations. Let there be praise for all the times we were told to be seen and not heard to be present, but not seen, to settle down, to smarten up, to get a grip. Let there be praise for all the times we were afraid we were belittled, we were trampled over, spoken over, looked over. Let there be praise. The Spirit is longing to lead us back to ourselves. Before we were shushed, before we were scolded, before we were self-conscious, before the questions we asked had any real answers, before we saw God as other, as outside, as ominous, as to be feared, we were wise. Just listen. I invite us to turn our attention to the screen. So I think what matters to God is that having a good time matters to God. Because we're having sitting there sad and depressed. We're having fun. We're enjoying our life that God made us have. I think God cares about if we be kind to other people and we be super nice. I, that's what I think God cares about. What I think matters to God or what he cares about, they care about, is probably helping everything work together, Help, helping all of the, I know this is a very autocratic way to say it, but helping all of the different organisms and all the different parts in human race and in the world work together in harmony and find joy in each little piece. So this proves that God's real and never, and never, and always follow God's rules, never, never not listen to God. I think what God cares about is yourself and other people and everything. And even if other people don't be as good as as you or doesn't have much love, he, it cares about him. God cares about him. Thank, thank you. Bad dreams. God cares about bad dreams. Yeah, what else does God care about? God cares about you. Let there be praise. 
When I was preparing for this week's service, I was reminded of another one of my notes to self. If you've been here for a while, you'll know that I have a bad habit of tattooing messages I want to remember on my body. <laughs> and I have one I haven't told you about. On the inside of my right arm, it reads in permanent ink, shield your joyous ones. This is a phrase that comes from a prayer written by St. Augustine, written to be uttered before we go to sleep, maybe to remind God that, like Asher said, bad dreams have no place here. And it prays this, watch, O Lord, with those who wake or weep tonight, and give your angels and saints charge over those who slumber. Tend to your sick ones, O Lord Christ, rest your weary ones. Bless your dying ones, soothe your suffering ones. Pity your afflicted ones, shield your joyous ones, and all for your love's sake. We forget how intimately we know joy that it is something that lives in us and grows in us, something blessed upon us from the moment we were born. Julia Cameron, in her work, The Artist's Way, offers a suggestion to get back to this place of enchantment and imagination of creation. She asks us to think about the things that we used to do as a child that we used to enjoy and to put them on our calendar and to go and do them, and this is the most important part, to let them bring us joy. There is resurrection in an undertaking like this. And in case you have any doubts, the youth in your midst are here to teach you, to teach me, to teach us, the ways of the sacred, but we have to listen. So let's listen once again. My advice for making this summer a little bit better or to make it more memorable is uh, just to say, uh, we all look forward to um, the next big event in our lives and we never really pause to think about the downtime in between. So I just want us to remember to um, enjoy the quiet moments of life as um, the summer is kind of a reset for the new school year, the new work year, and just pay attention to uh, the quietness, I guess. Uh, have friends. Just have fun, relax, and like a lot of the time, that when there's not summer, we usually go on devices, computers, tablets, phones, and that is really, if you do that all summer, that's like hogging our summer, like, we don't have any time to have fun if we're just on our computers. And parents, like, you spend a lot of time working on them, on computers, and like, I get that, but you also need to just take a break, stop working, and just like, relax and I kids also they also need to just get off their computers have fun bounce and chomping if you have one swing on the swings if you have one go to the park that's about having a good summer.
in summer, you can do a lot of fun things like go to the beach, play video games, have fun with your friends. Um, oh, travel the world. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it be? And really just have fun. Chill out, read a book, or play a game with any friend, and use your time productively. Don't mm. sleep and don't yell. You need to have a lot of fun. So, like, play outside, play at the park, go to the beach, go to the science center, and most of all, go bike riding and go surfboarding. I'm my own surfboard. My name's Claire. I can spell it even I lost 60 and I'm five. And today, and God's truth. That's all I'm going to say. You've heard it in the scripture passage, but the saying we might most commonly know from the King James Version is, out of the mouths of babes. May it be so. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.